I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome in again to yet another edition of In Game Live here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith holding you down, following all the news and notes, and quite frankly, how we can make a little bit of extra cash, get ourselves our own stimulus package in this stay-at-home times. Jared, another day, another few stories, another move in the NFL. That is the headline for us today here on Endgame Live. You know, we have been talking earlier on in free agency, Jared, you know, Houston moved on from DeAndre Hopkins in the deal that had everybody buzzing. And now the Texans have, I guess, filled that void. They have traded for Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks, some draft picks moving around as well. But Brandon Cooks is the person that has been, you know, selected in essence to fill the role of D-Hop. Let me get your initial thoughts on this trade. Initial thoughts are the Texans clearly needed to make a move there. Uh, My question is, and this is the question that Bill O'Brien will be graded on, Uh, in a few weeks is could he have gotten a better receiver than Brandon Cooks in the second round of this year's draft? And some would say maybe he could. Others would say maybe, but the odds of that are longer than perhaps signing someone like Cooks, who's a veteran who probably can come in right away. And at least you're going to get a baseline level of production. Granted, if he stays healthy, he has had uh, numerous concussion issues in the past, which we know can be a recurring thing, especially in the NFL. So let's take the health element out of it. I think Bill O'Brien probably was, you know, 51-49 in terms of his ability to draft the receiver to have this kind of production in the second round. But I think he went with the more sure thing. He went with the 51% uh, because you know what you're getting with Brandon Cooks. And I will continue to say this. It can get heat. I'll take the heat. I, I can handle it. 
I think the Texans are grossly undervalued in the marketplace. I can't believe that a team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback is 44 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, to me, that's wild. Uh, there are a, a multitude of other teams with massive quarterback issues that are ranked ahead of the Texans in the market. Let me just give you a few, just ju- just off the top. Uh, how about the Indianapolis Colts? How about the New right. England Patriots? Uh, how about the Los Angeles Rams? Are you putting Jared Goff ahead of Deshaun Watson right now? Right. Right. Uh, how about the Chicago Bears? Yeah, you know, the Chargers with, right. with Terod Taylor. You know, Deshaun Watson's a top three quarterback in the NFL, especially on the fantasy side. You know that, Dane. I mean, you're drafting him probably mm-hmm. uh, as one of the top four max five yeah. quarterbacks off the yeah. board. So I, I just don't understand how a guy with that kind of playmaking ability can be getting this much disrespected. I, and I, I understand that there's other elements than just a quarterback on a team, but the Texans' defense isn't terrible. Right now their okay. issues are they're down a wide receiver. So I, I just think they're undervalued in the marketplace, and I think this move fills a hole if Brandon Cooks is healthy that people were questioning, and I think it brings the room together a little bit. I, I think it's a positive for this Houston team. All right, and you have them also at, you know, seven and a half as their win total. It seems like that may be a safe number in Jared's eyes to kind of hop over. Let me give you something, though. This is the part of this move that I don't understand, Jared, okay? Yes, Brandon Cooks is a decent wide receiver. I'm not worried about that. And, yes, he will fill something of the production that DeAndre Hopkins had. But two things, Jared. One, we talked about the XYZ affair here all the time, Jared, right? (laughs) And Brandon Cooks is an over-the-top, deep-threat kind of wide receiver. That is not the role DeAndre Hopkins was playing, right? That is the role that Will Fuller was playing in that offense. So now they have these two vertical threats. I don't know what the composition of the wide receiver room is going to look like. You mentioned that there was a plethora of options in the draft and kind of juxtaposing it against does he get someone in the draft with that pick that could have filled that void? Well, I think he might have had different options of a different variety of skill set than what was already on the roster in Will Fuller. The other thing, much like Will Fuller, is that our friend Herman Edwards says the greatest ability is availability. And we know that Will Fuller has struggled to stay in the lineup And over the course of the last couple of years, Brandon Cooks has struggled to stay in the lineup as well. So I understand that, you know, he can do the job. He is a quality wide receiver. But it just confuses me a little bit about getting something of a similar style wide receiver and with the similar durability concerns as Will Fuller. But you are still buying the Texans in the marketplace. I understand and I agree with you. Deshaun Watson is a top flight quarterback. And, you know, as long as you have one of these amazing dual threats playmaking quarterbacks you are a contender you know Jared I said it all season long last year so that's it from the Houston Texans side but what about the Los Angeles Rams side because Jared what if I throw the number at you that you know the Rams may be eating over 20 million dollars in cap space in this deal and we have talked about this before the financial walls closing in on the los angeles rams when they signed jared goff to a deal of around 130 million dollars the money they outlaid to Gurley, who is now no longer with them and getting a huge cap hit of his own for the release and him ultimately signing with the falcons what do you think this means for the los angeles rams side of things i mean again i think that's a big part of this deal that people aren't taking into account right. We're going to talk a lot about what Brandon Cooks can bring to the table. What we're not going to talk a lot about is the fact that Bill O'Brien's getting a guy for pennies on the dollar because the Rams are picking up most of the tab. So I, I think for Bill O'Brien, he's trying to, you know, 
he's playing checkers. Everyone else maybe is playing chess. I mean, I know that's been the joke running around, but he, he has a strong feeling uh, that Brandon Cooks is going to overperform the production right now of maybe a second-round pick in the NFL right. draft. And now he can spend his time elsewhere. Clearly, they don't have uh, that second-round pick. And for the Rams as well, I think it'll clear up some cap space. And it'll allow them to maybe kind of restructure the roster a little bit. They gave all this money to Gurley and Cooks a couple of years ago, and now both of these guys are off the team. So I just think overall the Rams do uh, need to restructure things. Their window, I believe, has closed. This is why I probably will not be uh, betting uh, on the Rams in the marketplace uh, in the uh, – Here it is. I'm fading them as well, Jared. Eight-and-a-half win total and getting the under on that at plus money right now with our friends at FanDuel. We know that division is very, very tough. I actually believe the Arizona Cardinals can even take a step forward this year. Call me crazy. I think the Rams could finish in last place in that division if you think about it. Here's the other thing I'll say, you know, from a fantasy aspect. Okay, I think this is actually good for everybody involved, Jared, in fantasy. For the one side, Brandon Cooks goes to Houston, right? And DeAndre Hopkins just vacated about 160, 100, almost 70 targets. And that has to go somewhere. I think Brandon Cooks goes from part of what I like to call a fantasy herd in Los Angeles with the three Rams receivers to kind of the undisputed number one because Will Fuller is still that, you know, go route kind of guy. So I think it's his fantasy prospects rise. I think Cooks becomes a low-end wide receiver too. I also think it helps Robert Woods and Cooper Cup because now they have targets that are more open. You know, it was good to have all three of those wide receivers really be able to pop off on any given day, but it became frustrating for fantasy owners because if you own Woods, he could go seven for 155, and then the following week, it could be Cup or it could be Cooks. And I think this adds a little bit of clarity to the wide receiver position for the Rams, and it may help all receivers involved in fantasy. We call that consolidation in the finance world. So you don't need, you know, why why have three companies that can do something that the one company can do? You combine all three into one, you cut down your overhead, and all of a sudden you've got a little more efficient output. And that is what we are all looking for in the fantasy world. It is output, points divided by weeks played. Uh, and, and and that's that's what it's all about. So yeah, no, I, I certainly think for the Rams, uh, you cleared the deck a little bit, and you kind of you you will be reshuffling the deck. You will have a Rams mm-hmm. team uh, that will have two uh, not gaping holes because I think they have the proper pieces to fill them, but it will be new pieces right. uh, in the backfield uh, and in that slot, that X spot. Uh, for Brandon Cooks, he kind of was a little bit of a scat receiver. He would play all over the field, but he, but for the most part, he would be the deep threat. So I'm curious to see uh, how this Rams offense adapts next season, what kind of role Cooper Cup has, uh, if there's new guys that emerge. I've always been a big Josh Reynolds Josh fan. This Reynolds, could mean, yeah. yeah they, I've always had a big, I've always had a big uh, fantasy crush on him. Okay. Uh, the year that I won my title. Uh, was the year the Rams uh, went to the Super Bowl, and 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 that was a big, and that was a, he was a big waiver wire pickup for me. He did some big things. I remember he had a huge night in that crazy Chiefs game. That was yes. the big shootout uh, on Thursday so night. I, he becomes fantasy viable. Yes, now? yeah, I no, I, I think he is the immediate uh, boost yep. right away. Okay. And in the, on the running back side, remember, they had Malcolm Brown there. They also have you, – you love these mid, mid-conference uh, running backs, Jared. They also have Daryl Henderson, who was a beast at Memphis, literally like averaging like eight, nine yards a carry. Last year too, actually. Right, exactly. This could be a perfect example of like uh, what they call a post-hype sleeper in the fantasy world. Keep an eye on Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. 
trying to fill the shoes of Todd Gurley, and they're also going to have to now fill the shoes oh, of Bradley. I like that. I haven't yeah, heard that one. Sleeper, that's what they call them deep in the fantasy world. But, yeah, so mm-hmm. I agree with you. I can see the, uh, the Texans a little undervalued, and I think the Rams are overvalued for their, for me. They are a fade, and I would be comfortable looking at the under eight-and-a-half wins at plus money over at our friends on FanDuel. Jared, here on Ungame Live, the other big-time story that has happened recently is that um, UFC 249 is actually going to be um, canceled. And I think it's interesting. I wanted to get your take on this because I know yesterday, Jared, we talked about the state of California. I know that you and I have also had conversations about, you know, how decisions are made, where there is leadership, where there are vacuums of leadership. And I wanted, I thought it was so interesting. I thought of you right away when I heard this, you know, and I think this speaks to Dana White can say whatever he wants, right? But if, but if Mickey Mouse gives him a call, you know, and says, yo man, this is a bad look, or like we've said, sports have to work with government and municipalities and states. So if you have mentioned, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom didn't want this, it wasn't going to happen, even though it was on Native American lands, Jared, the idea of any kind of personnel, whether it be the television production crews, the athletes themselves, any support staff to be traveling to and from ultimately within the state of California would violate the stay at home law. So despite what Dana White wants, and he still may be buying an island to put it on in the future, UFC 249 is not happening in California next weekend. Until Dana White buys an island and then gets recognized as a sovereign country that can regulate itself. Uh, we're not going to have UFC in this in this region, in this area, in this country anytime soon, on this continent right. anytime soon. Uh, I, I just don't know what Dana's thinking here. I mean, I do know what he's thinking, but eventually you just have to just relent. And he looked a little foolish. He looked like he got a little egg on his face because people mm. are literally begging him to stop. He literally had calls from all of the entities, all of the California, right. uh, you know, begging, you know, you know, telling him that stand down. That was the quote. Like the stand down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like DEFCON three. So I just, you know, I think Dana needs to take a step back and look at the big picture. We know he's tough. Nobody's questioning the toughness of the fighters. Nobody's yeah. questioning the toughness of the league and the resolve of the league to give people, uh, you know, to give people some sports to bet on, to watch, to enjoy. Right. But. You can't just do it. You can't just go rogue. We, you know, we're all in this together. We're seeing all these quotes, all these commercials. We're in this together. Right. We, we, you know, we got to stay in this together and everyone's going to kind of be on the same page. And you got a guy like Dana White who ha- carries a big stick. You know, if he starts throwing that stick around, it's going to knock some people down. So I just hope that he uh, gets the message based on the response that he got for his actions of trying to put this okay. event on. And I, I hope he backs off. And, and I think when the time is right, we will not only have UFC back, but we'll have sports back in this country. But the timing, Dane, we're just not there yet. We're just not there. Yeah, so so then let me ask you this, because, I mean, let's spin this forward. You and I have both, over the last week, seen proposals about Major League Baseball being all in Arizona or between the spring training leagues, right, or, or the NBA wanting to quarantine the entire league and the entire playoffs and be able to put that on. WWE has put on WrestleMania, right, in the state of Florida and taped a bunch of episodes, but now they're in the state of Florida that has shut down and stay-at-home orders as well. 
what will it take? We have talked about the collaboration being on the same page, whether it's governments, television networks, leagues, and unions. How, what must happen for all of this to harmoniously come together? Because we can't have a league come back with in one region of the country, there be a stay at home order. Uh, veterans don't wanna be quarantined from their families for months on end. What does it look like? How does the story end where we ultimately come back to life here? Unfortunately, I think it's each individual league is gonna have to fend for themselves. And each hmm. individual league is going to have to come up with a plan that best suits them. I don't think we're in a situation where you can just make a blanket statement for all sports to be back. Uh, we've seen a lot of variations, like Major League Baseball says, we want to wait till we get the all clear, but we have a contingency plan just in case we don't. Everyone is kind of hedging their bets, and you should be. Yeah. We talk about it on this show all the time. It's one of the most popular things we talk about. How do we make a bet, and how do we protect that risk? How do we not expose ourselves too much so we can take bigger risks later and get bigger payouts? The NBA might just have to swallow its loss. The NBA might just have to say, listen, we're going to hedge our bets right now. We're going to move forward with the right. next season, and we're not going to worry about this season anymore. That looks like the road we're starting to go down. Again, things yeah. are fluid. They change every day. Uh, baseball right now is in a much precarious, more precarious position because their entire season is in jeopardy. Sure. Basketball at least can... Flexibility, right? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they do and they don't. It's a, Listen, baseball is tough. Logistics is tough. Think about how hard it is just to reschedule one game during a rainout. Like, it's just the logistics of the travel and the amount of games is really tough. The NBA would be having the same problem. If this pandemic started in October mm -hmm. and the NBA was just about to start their season, right. they would be facing a very similar challenge. We'd be talking about the NBA very differently than we would be baseball. Timing is everything in life, as you know. So I think the You're timing of this is affecting each league differently. The NFL right now is not impacted as much as the other leagues. So I think each league, until we get a grip on the, the, the kind of curve of when this is gonna be a problem, mm -hmm. when it'll slow down, when things are safe to go back out, it's gonna be very independent, league by league, yeah. sport by sport, is gonna have to kind of fend for themselves. No, I think you're absolutely right. You mentioned the NBA, right? At some point, they may have to, you know, hit eject on it all because then you compromise the next year's season. And, the, you know, you know this, Jared. The season opens, what, in October? And then, just like the NFL right now is conducting league business, that would have to happen uh, at the close of any season, whether it was right now or after crowning a champion. Things like free agency, things like the NBA draft, things like a training camp so that you can start the 2021 season on time. And so when I see certain ideas about crowning an NBA champion on, like, Labor Day, it seems infeasible because unless you are willing to then compromise the following year's schedule, right? The NHL, probably in a similar boat. Meanwhile, baseball, you know, with 162 games, they can, they can bide their time a little bit and have contingency plans, whether it's 120, 140, or like we discussed on yesterday's episode of In Game Live, 102 games and what the the benefits of value might be there it's almost like jared you remember the delorean and back to the future and how it had to go like 86 miles an hour or whatever it 88 was, miles an hour three gigawatts <laughs> and there was actually always a point of no return that if they got past that point they would not be able to hit the brake and stop they would go over the cliff and i'm sure the actuary somewhere in the nba league office knows there is a date that if we go beyond that it ain't gonna I think happen we found it actually because the NBA, our face. The NBA, uh, the NBA said uh, that I saw a tweet that said 
they don't want to have the draft any sooner than August 1st. Yeah, so, so they August 1st is kind of the date. You're right. Everybody is on their own schedule, and we'll see in time what the NBA and Major League Baseball wants to do. When we come back, we talk more news and notes from the NFL, and we make a little bit more money in college football. It is in-game live. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith right here. If you want the edge, get up on the grid. It's in-game live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dave Martinez and Jared Smith touring you around the world of sports and how to make some money off of it. We were just talking about, um, you know, the big NFL trade, Brandon Cooks going to the Houston Texans in exchange for draft picks and kind of what that means from a fantasy standpoint, what that means from a betting standpoint. Jared and I are kind of on the same page. Uh, We like the Houston Texans market. We are fading the Los Angeles Rams. I want to stick in the NFL because, you know, there was one under-the-radar signing this week, Jared, that I think is intriguing and lends itself to a larger conversation that I know we have had here before. The Kansas City Chiefs have signed running back DeAndre Washington to a one-year deal. And you think, okay, this is kind of a, you know, maybe a PPR kind of running back, a change of pace guy, not something that would completely move the needle. But Jared, do you remember where DeAndre Washington went to, went to uh, college? 
<laughs> he played with Patty Mahomes at Texas Tech. He sure did at Texas Tech <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes. Not only did he do that, but in his senior year with Patrick Mahomes, he ran for 1,492 yards. He also caught 41 balls for another 385 yards. So, Jared, you know how we talk about familiarity as a theme in this offseason? I think it is not only with coaches, but the Kansas City Chiefs are bringing in kind of Patty's guys right now. I think it makes complete sense. What do you think about the move? I think it's great, and I think if I'm Darwin Thompson or Darrell Williams, That's I'm right. looking over my rearview, or I'm looking in my rearview mirror right now, um, because I didn't think there was anything wrong with the Chiefs' running back room. I thought obviously Damian Williams is the lead right. is the lead horse, and he's done a great job as that lead horse. He had a great Super uh-huh. Bowl, and Darwin Thompson and, and Darrell Williams they've, sure. they've filled in admirably when needed. Uh, and of course, the Chiefs' offense is so dynamic in other spots. Tyreek Hill could be yeah. running the football, Absolutely. and of course, you've got the, the 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 plethora of wide receivers and tight ends mm-hmm. uh, for for our buddy Patty Mahomes to kind of hook up with. So I didn't think that there was any you know necessary additions or holes to this Chiefs' offense, but clearly they saw some value with Washington. And I'll be very I'll be very fascinated where he fits into this offense. Yeah, he could be one of those James White type of guys exactly. in fantasy where if you're in a PPR league he is gold at the running back position yeah I agree with you and, and, and I want to take it a step further you mentioned some of the other running backs on that roster right now and Jared there's even more they've been active in this offseason they signed Elijah McGuire from the Jets they had Mike Weber formerly of the Dallas Cowboys and Ohio State you mentioned Damian Williams there is of course um, Darrell Williams there is also Darwin Thompson as well I actually think this is a larger point We talk about the workhorse running back in the NFL and how it is, in essence, going away, right? And look at at some of the now more successful teams. You know, New England back in the day uh, when this era was not over had, you know, three, four different running backs that they would rotate in and all play different roles. You know, you talked about Darwin Thompson needing to look over his shoulder. I actually think Kansas City is purposely thinking they may be able to find a distinct role for three, four, five of these guys. I think it is a running back by committee, and that is ruling the day these days. You know, we used to see the workhorse running back. Now, Jared, there's probably only two or three of them in the entire NFL. There's one in Dallas. There's one or two in New York. I can't think of many others that aren't in some way, shape, or form part of a committee. What do you think about that as a trend? Because I got some other teams that are doing it in the same exact way. I mean, I think in in, in the fantasy world, you've been noticing this probably yep. for a lot sooner than that. Uh, maybe you throw Alvin Kamara in that mix as well. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, years he had Mark Ingram. They had Latavius. Yeah. They I mean, when when Joe Mixon's healthy, he's a guy that that's on three sure. downs. But you know, you're right. There's not a lot of three down backs in the NFL anymore. They just don't exist. They're basically endangered species. And I think uh, that's something. And and you know, it's funny because now it's even the three. It used to be a, It used to be the the you know the double. You know, right. thunder and lightning. Now yeah. it's a now it's a three headed monster. Yeah. Now now you have to choose between three guys. First of all, it makes fantasy football a lot harder. That's why I prefer the deeper leagues because you really get the most value out of some of these guys. And B, I think it's a lot harder to really handicap what's going to happen with some of the props, especially the touchdown markets and the yards markets as well. I stay away from running backs, yards, and touchdowns. I I I don't bet those often. Yeah, in the prop prop market, I there's too much uncertainty with that. It's not something I bet very often. Uh, I think I've done I've done passing yards. I've done uh, 
I believe I've done receiving yards. I haven't really dabbled much in the running back prop market, but, you know, I think it's going to affect things. And the more we get this kind of, uh, you know, devil may care attitude in the background where if it doesn't really matter who, who it is, like there's no lead guy. It's like, who cares who gets the touchdown? Exactly. It's a very unselfish room. And I think there are running back rooms in the NFL that are like that. And I think the Chiefs are probably at the top of the list. Exactly. And so it, it's, it's so funny. In fantasy, it's almost like, the player is one thing, but you just want shares of specific offenses out there, right? Like, give yeah. me give me any Green Bay back. Give me any Kansas City running back. And it is happening all over the league. For example, Jared, also this week, I was struck by two other reports I saw around the league. One, in Arizona, where head coach Cliff Kingsbury says he would like to have three running backs all in rotation. And this is to your point. It's not even two anymore. Even after they shipped David Johnson away, you know Kenyon Drake has that potential, looked really good in his games with the Arizona Cardinals. They also have Chase Edmonds, who even Edmonds off. looked really good, hey, too. Fordham product. It was that one game against the Giants, I think. I forgot about some other three-down backs that we can mention, though. Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, I think, yeah. is emerging as one. And I think so is Josh Jacobs. I think those guys are going to be on the field a ton next season. Josh Jacobs in, in, in I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas. Vegas, we think if that building actually gets built. Remember, I guess there was DeAndre Washington. He's now in Kansas City, but there was also exactly. Jalen Richard. There was Jalen Richard there as well. Another kind of one of those uh, pass catching backs. What do you think of Derrick Henry? He's not on the field three downs, right? He was. Uh, there was Deion Lewis, who was that pass. Yeah, Lewis is gone now. Is he with the Giants now? And in passing, he is with the Giants, but in passing downs, you know, Derrick Henry is much more of an early down back. And here's he the thing. He's not. He's got stone hands. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> not his, that's not his thing. You're hearing Cliff Kingsbury say the same thing in Arizona, okay? Also, Jared, in Buffalo, okay, they're coming out and saying that they may look to add a running back to the stable in the upcoming NFL draft. And I think that's very interesting. Frank Gore, not really with the team anymore. Maybe he'll come back on a last legs kind of victory lap. I like Singletary level, a lot, but Exactly. But you have Devin Singletary there. And I like him. He came on at the end of last year, Jared. But to the narrative we're talking about, there just aren't that many um, workhorse backs. And McDermott's coming out and saying that he would like to add to the stable. So that makes me wonder, Jared. I look at Buffalo, okay? They do not own a first-round pick. All right. They traded pick number, I believe it was 22, to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for Stefan Diggs. Right. He will be their first round pick. He will be that number one guy on the outside for the Buffalo Bills. They've already done a lot in free agency. They've added uh, Josh Norman at the cornerback level. They've added Mario Addison at the pass rush um, to pair with Jerry Hughes. Right. Their defense has been sound to me when they've already traded for Diggs. You have kind of an ascending quarterback in Josh Allen. I actually think adding another high-octane, dynamic running back could be in the cards for the Buffalo Bills in the middle to the end part of since the second round. I believe yeah. they pick in number 54 overall. And we've talked about the running back market, Jared. That like, you know, maybe you don't want to spend the number two, the number three, the number four overall pick on a running back. But late in the second round, there may still be some game-breaking running backs available for them. Maybe a Cam Akers out of Florida State, a J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, and still even, you know, the idea of Swift and Taylor maybe off the board. Edward Talaire, do you think the Buffalo Bills could do that? We're hearing reports they may, and 
who might be the running back that you like at that level? I know we've talked about the draft a lot. We haven't talked about the running backs as much. Do you see any fits potentially to add to the stable in Buffalo? I do. And granted, this is a guy that's been linked to the Bills in the later rounds of the draft. I'm doing a little research on the Bills, uh, some of the Bills uh, beat reporters talking about one guy that really stood out at the Combine and the Senior Bowl, and that's uh, UCLA running back Joshua Kelly. Uh, ran a 4-4-9-40, which was the number one uh, time out of all Pac-12 running backs. So he's one of the – he is the fastest running back out of the Pac-12 conference. Uh, had two really good seasons uh, uh, in uh, at uh, UCLA, 2,567 right. yards and 25 touchdowns in two seasons, uh, in his last two seasons. So uh, productive uh, in Chip Kelly's offense and fits the mold of, of what you want, which is a low to the ground, 5'11 running back, you know, 211 pounds, uh, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, obviously he's been linked to Buffalo with some uh, with some okay. reports. So Maybe there's certainly some smoke pick? there. What's that? Yeah, if it says in the fifth round, they're, they're, oh, okay. they're thinking about him. So. And, and, and talk to me about some of the, the guys that we do, we have heard earlier, um, you know, going earlier in the draft. I look at the uh, bets on FanDuel right now, the lines on FanDuel. For the first running back drafted, there is DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. I don't think those guys would be available, say, you know, in the second round. No, those guys. no. Maybe the ones who Well, they go. could be available in the second round. The second I, round I, they, they could right? be available in the second round. It's I don't know if Buffalo's going to reach for a running back that high because they already have their starter set. Those guys are starting running backs in the sure. NFL. Those guys are going to get taken, Swift and Taylor. Those guys are going to get taken by teams who need starters like Tampa Bay. Yep. Uh, you know, some of those other teams. Yeah, Miami. I, I think Buffalo feels good about Singletary. I, I think they're going to – I could definitely see them drafting a running back. I just don't know if it's in the early rounds. Uh, I, I think Swift is the best guy on the board. We've talked about this. He's much more low to the ground, uh, much stronger rusher. Uh, Taylor, I think, rushes a little upright, and that's why he's going to be the second guy that goes. And then we talked about Edward Tolaire being the best pass-catching back uh, in the draft. You compared him to Darren Sproles. That's a great comparison. I think he's uh, – uh, if you link him up with the right offense, he'll have a very successful career. But there's some good backs at the bottom of the draft, too. That Kelly kid out of UCLA yeah. I talked about. Uh, there's some other good backs. We talked about some – you know, uh, these A.J. Like, Dillon from Boston College. What, really, let, me really about, let me ask you about him. Because is he not more of a, like, between-the-tackles kind of runner? And we talk about the running back by committee, right? And we talk about playing different roles. I make the joke with you all the time about the XYZ affair at the wide receiver position. Are there teams right now that would want that kind of back? And we just mentioned Derrick Henry. But are there any teams that are in the market for, say, an early down rusher. I think about A.J. Dillon. I think about even um, to a lesser extent. I don't know about Zach Moss from out of Utah. But, like, Zach AJ... Moss is a little smaller. Dillon's six foot, 250 pounds. Dillon's a beast. Dillon is Derrick Henry kind of like. De- de- like that, you know... translate to the NFL? Yeah, do you think Derrick Henry. Think, think, think Derrick right. Henry. Um, you know, that's Dillon's rushing style. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know if I can give you an exact team, but I'll tell you sure. what. You know, there's two teams that had backs like that that gave them away or they 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 traded away. I would say Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon remind me a lot of A.J. Dillon. Uh, and I know that the Rams and the Chargers just kind of let those guys walk or, you know, didn't, you know, decided not to resign them. So I, I think I think those are two teams that could use backs like that. I, I certainly compare Dillon to that upright style, power back, one cut and hit the hole. Uh, and he had a great career at Boston College. Granted, right. it was at Boston College, but he had a very successful career at Boston it, College. He had 38 touchdowns. I mean, you know, he had, uh, on, on for with a program that obviously does has not produced a lot of NFL talent. 
but I think his rushing style might 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 steer some teams away. Um, I, I I really think Swift is the most complete back in this draft. He's the guy that 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 I see most translating to have that instant success in the NFL. I think Dobbins has the next best chance. I worry a little bit about Taylor's. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I just I don't know. There I, so, I've read some things that have pushed him down, and I trust the scouts. I trust the scouts. Um, right. You know, the scouts that I follow have kind of been down on him, so I uh, you know I I just trust him there. And well, Swift, you know. Swift is, I think, the most complete back. He could be a starter on day one. And yeah. Edwards Hilaire, I think, within, on the right scheme, could be a very productive back in the fantasy world. All right, so let's do this. This is how we always do. We try to find the value, right? I, I'm reading the tea leaves here, Jared, of out of these running backs, which ones you kind of like, you think they translate, uh, or you think, you know, maybe kind of not um, uh, the apple of some team's eye. And, and here over on FanDuel, let me tell you a couple of bets I see and try to piece together what our best bet might be here in the running back market. You know, for example, they have the prop bet of, you know, a half. So basically, will a running back go in the first round? But then they also ask specifically about the top two running backs. DeAndre Swift, um, they say he could get plus money that he will go in the first round. And it seems like you are saying, Jared, that he is clearly the best back in the class. So if a running back goes, it likely would be Swift. You can get plus 112 right now that he will be a first-round running back. Jonathan Taylor on the other side, you know, it's minus 380 to the no. But then I think about draft position, and you could do these with all the running backs, right? And one of the guys you mentioned was J.K. Dobbins. And J.K. Dobbins, they have a prop bet. Remember we found the Isaiah Simmons one yesterday? For J.K. Dobbins, the number's 44 and a half. Okay, so if you believe, Jared, that he may go ahead of Jonathan Taylor, right? Jonathan Taylor's is at 37 and a half. So when I give you these, do you think there will be a running back who goes in the first round? If there is, will it be Swift and is that good value? And if not, what about these Taylor, J.K. Dobbins positions? We've got two minutes. If you think Dobbins is better than Taylor, the markets are having Dobbins seven picks later. I don't mind making the pick with Dobbins. 40, here's the problem with 44 and a half. When you get the numbers that high, it's really tough to extrapolate these out. You know, we just yeah. don't know what the trade it's, – it's, it's a lot of variable. So I don't like the over-under picks unless it's like the top 10. You know, I bet the Simmons one. I actually found it in another book at plus 140. Under nice. six and a half, plus 140 for Simmons. Nice. I'm on that. Uh, but I, that, to me, is a little more controllable. So I'll stay away from that. I'll tell you what. Jonathan Taylor not to get drafted in the first round at minus 380. That might be the biggest lock of the century. I'm sorry. There is really? no first of all, first of all, there's no there's no lock that even a running back gets taken in the first round. There is and no then it way. There is no way that Jonathan Taylor gets drafted in the first really? round. I know that's a lot of juice, but that to me is an absolute Oh, I'm going to test that. What is that at? Minus what? Minus 380. I see it right here. Okay, so listen, we've only got one minute here in this segment. When we come back, I wanted to ask you about just that. I have two other draft NFL draft bets that are at kind of the same level, at minus 300. And I wanted to ask you if I was crazy. Um, <laughs> and if you're willing to do that, maybe you I've never – there's no such thing as too much juice if it's a winning if bet. If it's then. a winner, right? So let me uh, – I'm going to get your take on this on the other side of the break. We're going to continue with some NFL draft props, maybe also continuing this conversation about the running back position. And just like yesterday, we look into college football win totals. We did some of the Power Five yesterday. We'll keep it going today. It is Dane Martinez and Jared Smith giving you the edge. And like we always say, Jared, 
teaching people how to fish. If you want the edge, stay right here on the grid. It's an Easter weekend. It's Dane and Jared. Come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is in-game live right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith holding you down. And Jared, in the end of the last segment, just said, that there is no such thing as too much juice if it is a winner. Jared, first of all, before we get into the specific ones, I'd like you to explain that axiom a little bit for the sports, uh, the sports investors that are out there. I think I agree with you. Here's the problem, though, Jared. You know how you've been saying that uh, in these sheltering times, it's good for us to like take stock of our own investment behavior? Well, what if I told you that by far, my two most painful hits or losses all year were when I was actually laying heavy juice on things that I thought would never not happen. And then they ultimately did. I remember one was the Tampa Bay Lightning, the number one seed who got bounced. But like when you talk about there is no such thing as too much juice if it's a winner, winner is that a long-term good strategy? It depends. I would not do that with individual games. Ah. Uh, but when you're talking about props and when you're okay. talking about isolated incidents that are a little more controlled. I see. Yeah. So, like, I'll give you a good example. Um, last season, 
I believe the Rockets had like a six or seven game lead in the Southwest division with like 15 or 20 games left. Mm-hmm. And they were still like minus 300 to win the division. Really? And, and, and I don't remember the exact number. I forget, but, but it was going to a situation like that. It, it, it was almost, and again, if it, and it, and it gave me the chance where if it got, it got close and it wasn't, I'd have plenty of chance to hedge out. Right. So, yeah, I'm not saying empty the farm on these bets, but if you are confident in something, and in that case, I'm I'm 100% confident that John, there's not one mock draft I've seen with Jonathan Taylor being taken right. in the first round. Running back, first of all, he's not even the first running back off the board. Second right, of all, no it's, not even, it's not even a guarantee that we're going to get a running back in the first round because the, the total's one half. So I just, I think it's a very safe bet. And I think at 380, that's a fair price. So yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely... Okay. Uh, you know, hold on. Let me. I, I'm, I'm going to find the implied odds because uh, right. I, I, I think it's important for you to know what these implied right. odds are, so you okay. can actually take what 380 means. Sure. And the implied odds of that are 79 percent. Do you think okay. that there's a 70? Do you think there's less than a 79 percent chance of Jonathan Taylor being taken? No, I, there's no way. I don't think there's a. Right. That means there's a 21 percent chance. 20.72 or 82 percent chance that Jonathan Taylor gets taken in the first round. Two rolls right. out of ten. Okay. Right. No, I don't think so. I think one out of 100, maybe. So, yes, that bet has plus EV value. If the implied odds, if you think in your head, your handicap, your model is Jonathan Taylor is not getting taken in 20.82% of first rounds in this NFL draft, then, yes, you should be betting minus 380. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we have Jared here on Game Live giving you the exact details to figure out if it is, in fact, a smart bet. All right, so I want to test this theory. I found a couple of prop bets. Um, that are at that kind of level, Jared. And I want to see what you think. I know you have been looking at this draft a lot. One of the positions, Jared, that we haven't talked a lot about, quite honestly, is the tight end position. All right. And the reason we haven't talked about it is because there doesn't seem to be one of these true studs that there have been in the last previous years, right? However, Jared, FanDuel has a bet that the first tight end drafted will be Notre Dame um, tight end Cole Kmet, right? And he's really the only one I have heard of in this entire market. The second Adam Troutman is plus 750. Now, this is the only tight end I have heard, and he's the only tight end, for example, there's an over-under on where he's going to be picked. The only one I've heard has a, you know, first, second, or third round grade. Is it a fait accompli that he's the first tight end off the board? This right now is minus 300 um, in the prop market over on FanDuel. I think it's a great bet. Uh, I, I think all of these bets are great uh, because you, you can – it's so much easier to break down the running back market and the linebacker market and the tight end market because there's so many fewer of them, and the gap is very big between the top right. and the bottom. Not as much linebacker, but definitely running back and obviously tight end as well. Yeah, no, Cole Komet is is absolutely the guy that I've heard to be the top guy drafted. And the odds are relatively I fair. Again, yeah, those are relatively fair odds. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you're not seeing anyone say that Adam Troutman's the guy, right. um, odds are the, scout, the scouts are going to be a little bit wishy-washy about certain stuff. But usually with the, the position rankings, they're pretty spot on. Maybe about where teams will want to take certain guys, they're going to be very, very much – uh, you know, a little bit malicious maybe with some of the information that they give out. But in this case, I think when they're just ranking positions, I think it's very safe to say in the tight end market, there is one guy clearly cut above the rest. So, yeah, it'd be great if you could parlay these together, but FanDuel's smarter than that. Uh, okay. They're not going to let us do that. I'd love to parlay the Cole Komet minus 300 uh, with the Jonathan Taylor no to get drafted in the first round. Uh, unfortunately, that is not an option. 
But right. if I could, you bet your butt, I'd be doing it. All right, fair enough. So I've sold you on one. I always like to try to sell you on these things. I like when you try to sell me. I, you're and a good then, salesman. I, well, I tried. You know, I, I used to uh, sell uh, ice to Eskimos in Juneau, Alaska. And so, you know, I bring those skills now here to in-game live and sports grid to get on the grid and get the edge. So here's the other one. You know, Jad, I have seen you and Ariel on the morning after, and you have done a lot of these bets about will a team go offense or <laughs> defense in the first round. And, you know, Jared, maybe this is a homer, but you know I am a New York Jets fan, and I know that the Jets, you know, all the talk has been either they will go with one of the big hog volley offensive linemen. We've part, we've talked about those, either Becton or potentially Thomas out of Georgia, Werfs if he's still there, Wills in Alabama. The other place they may go if the offensive line dries up is at wide receiver. We've talked about Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Ruggs as well. Last time I checked, those were both offensive positions, Jared. So when I look at the New York Jets and their offense-defense split, it is juice. It is that number you just said, Jared, minus 380. But you just taught me that is about 79%. So when I apply your, your logic, I do not believe, Jared, that there is a 20 21% chance that the Jets go defense instead. So what do you think about this? The Jets to draft the offensive side of the ball with their first pick at minus 380. I'd have to do the math. But wide receiver and O-line in, in terms of position of the Jets' uh, first yeah. player drafted are I'll both plus money. Are both plus both? money. Yeah. Interesting. So if you go – so you could do it either way. You could right. go – and I'd, I'd have to do the math. It, it'd be too much math to do live during the show. But, well, but you'd have to do the arbitrage math. You'd have to do the hedge math and yeah. know if you bet O-line and wide receiver plus 115 plus, plus 110 – you know, or do you just bet minus 380? You lay the minus 380 on the offense. I guess that gives a chance that they go tight, you know, but they're not going to take one of those other positions. No. It's either going to be O-line or wide receiver. So I, I, I'd have to do the math. But if the math checks out, yeah, no, you take the 380. Or if you feel that confidently about that, then you just bet O-line, wide receiver, both at plus money, and you'll collect the profits from that. Right. As I'm seeing it, our friends over at FanDuel right now, Jared, have the Jets drafting O-lineman at plus 110 and wide receiver at plus 150. You'd have to bet a lot to make a profit, but just like minus 380, you'd also have to bet a lot to make a profit. I think the minus 380 makes more sense. Because I, I, I think if you laid 380 there and you I want 100. technically getting right I, other positions, like the quarterback, the running yeah. back, the tight end, but those are such huge odds. We know they're not looking to address those positions. Well, if you laid 380 with the wide receiver and the offensive lineman, it would be 170 and one. No, it would be uh, 190 and 190, or you would stack it a little bit more on the O lineman because the odds are less. So it would be like right. 200 and 170, and that would be you know what you're laying, or 200 and 180, and you wouldn't make that I much of the arbitrage. Right. You would only make, yeah, you would only make 20. No, it makes more sense. You'd only make about 40 or 50 bucks. Uh, if you did it that way, it makes sense to do the minus 380. So, yeah, no, the minus 380 makes sense. If you do, if you are that confident that the Jets – and I'm confident in that thing too. Confident? Yeah, no, I am. I absolutely am. I can't see them taking – now, that being said, that yeah. being said, if something crazy happens, and right. then what if they trade back? You know, and, and what if they trade back, and then all of a sudden they take a defensive player later? You know, so I, I it, so there's other scenarios where you could kind of get, you know, finagled there. Uh, I like your Cole Komet pick better, better because I think that, to me, there's no other way around it. There's no way the Jets trade back and then take a crazy safety with pick 30. You, you know, that could happen. Right. 
either Cole Komet is the first tight end or he's not. There's no like bizarre right, world right, scenario right. where they, the, you know, because right now you're making Jimmy that Graham pick. finds a year of eligibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, <laughs> but like just just because you're making that pick with the assumption that the Jets are being are picking eleven. And the Jets might not pick a leverage, which would change the that would change the, dynamic, the formula yeah. there. Yeah. That yeah. would change it. So that that's why I like the Komet pick a little bit better. But that's why we talk through these things. Because on paper, that Jets pick seems really good at 380, but really Komet at 300 is safer. Because you have to factor in the crazy scenario of the Jets trading back, somebody trading up. You know, you you're you're yeah. making that pick with the assumption that the Jets are drafting in the eleventh slot. That might not happen. All right, fair enough. Now Listen, Jared, one of the things we also said earlier this hour is we were talking about the running back position and how there were very, very few workhorse running backs anymore in the NFL. And, you know, FanDuel has also in the NFL come out with running back totals, right? Some prop bets for running backs. They've hung, they've hung a few, I would say six. You know, and a lot of things what they're doing here, they're doing like the New York teams. Um, they're doing, you know, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. But they do have some other high-profile running backs. And first of all, what I think is hysterical, okay, is when you first take a look, a name like Derrick Henry, you were just talking about Derrick Henry earlier on, his total for the season for rushing and receiving yards. Now, albeit, I know he doesn't, you know, catch the ball much out of the backfield, but the number they hang, Jared, is 1,574 yards, right, and a half. But that's less than 100 yards a game. And I just think, first of all, before we think about, you know, all of these numbers and these players and if they are workhorses or not, you know, the idea that the NFL rushing leader from last year is then, you know, gets a prop bet that is less than 100 yards a game, I think that in itself speaks to the way the NFL game is evolving away from the run game of years past. Not only that, Henry's never had over 1,540 yards in his whole career. And he just got paid? What? It, like, in what? you <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. I said I don't play these running back totals a lot. Right. I might be playing an under there, man. That is a lot of that's a lot of cheddar for Henry this year. I don't know if he's gonna have that kind of season again. And it You're telling a, me that he's gonna have a better year than last year? Right. I don't well, know about that. Rushing and receiving, though. Okay, so even. Oh, uh, you did but say that too. I know Henry doesn't have a ton. No, he no he had 200 receiving yards last year. That's a lot. In okay. that particular situation, that's a lot. That would that's, close the gap you know, too. that's 10% of the bet. Almost. That's more than 10% of. That would close the gap for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where you get it. But still. All right. You know, that's good. I'm glad I'm laying off that. <laughs> glad I read the fine print there. All right. So, yes, this is rushing and receiving yards. We could do the touchdowns as well. But there's a couple that I find pretty interesting. And based on the way that I've heard you talk about these NFL teams, I think I may interest you in uh, a couple. So I've got one that, stumped, that stands out to me right away, to be honest with you. Really? Is it your boy? Is it your Penn State boy? It is. It is your Penn State boy. We have talked about the Philadelphia Eagles, Jared, okay? And we have gone game by game with them. We have talked about them in the futures market. And we both think that they are undervalued in the market. We talked uh, about corollary bets, right, Jared? We talked about correlation in our bets. We talked about Carson Wentz's MVP odds. And I look, Jared, at Miles Sanders, right? And his, again, scrimmage yards, Jared, rushing and receiving. That's and, what I'm looking at. And I, I really like it. It's total right. yards. I had Sanders at the end of the fantasy regular season in the playoffs last year. And albeit, though, Jared, you have to consider everyone else in that offense went down, 
right? So he was kind of like the last man standing. But the number is, in essence, 1,500 yards, 1,499 and a half, even juice on both sides. I know you love the Nittany Lions, but uh, this is a bet you're uh, considering? Well, it is because Philly doesn't have a lot of options back there. That, to me, is the reason why he's such a good – and Philly doesn't have a lot of wide receivers. I think he can have a 700-yard receiving season because Philly doesn't have the wide receiver depth that they would hope. Now, they are planning on addressing that, you would think, in the draft. I'm hearing they really like Justin Jefferson out of LSU, mm-hmm. and he would certainly be a major addition to that Eagles sure. uh, wide receiving core. Sure. But it's really all Sean Jeffrey or bust right now for this Eagles team. Uh, they do really good work at the tight end. We know what we're getting out of Goddard uh, and 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 uh, Ertz. I mean, those are two of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL in terms of the duo of them together with Absolutely. their output. Their production is incredible. Yeah. And even when Ertz was hurt this year, Goddard stepped right in. You didn't really see For much sure. of a difference there. So I, I really like this Eagles offense. What they're missing is that elite pass-catching back, and that's Miles Sanders. There and he didn't go. really get the – I mean, he played last year, but it was his rookie year, and he was still kind of figuring things out. I, I that Sanders prop is priced right. Fifteen hundred yards combined, rushing and receiving. That's seven fifty a pop. Uh, that's 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 pretty attainable to me. I think he's an eight hundred yard rusher, eight hundred yard receiving type of back. I really do. All right, when you talk about guys that can do it, rushing and receiving, long boys, man. It's the long I look boys. At Kamara at fifteen hundred forty nine. I look at McCaffrey at almost twenty one hundred yards. Yeah, and then that's too Saquon. high. For me. That's too rich for my blood. And then Saquon at about seventeen fifty. If I that's told you one of these guys were going to go over and kind of, you know, again, be a top five fantasy football draft pick, be able to carry a team with this amount of scrimmage yards, which of those three, or maybe even Zeke Elliott at 1734, which of these do you think would be most likely to hit the over on their total? Kamara, to me, if he's healthy, uh, 1549 seems low for him. He's had some monster games. Yeah. So, but again, he's he's such a question mark though with his health because remember he just dropped off the map last year. Uh, didn't have a touchdown I think for what eleven or twelve straight games. It was a it was a crazy no uh, scoring streak for him. Henry's interesting now that it's rushing and receiving. I would say that's very much in play at fifteen seventy four. Uh, that's a that's a big that's a what about a bounce back for Lev Bell? He is kind of a yeah, workhorse back, and the offensive line is much improved. We think. Good point. New that's York. a good point. That's a good point. That's a low number, thirteen fifty nine. Again, when you add the receiving in there, Le'Veon Bell is a very different player. Yeah, and maybe listen, he'll have his starting quarterback not have mono for. If a he's healthy, if, if if he's healthy, that that's a good number too. I'm not looking to bet the high numbers. You know me. I like finding right. the low numbers, and I like I like buying low on guys. So I'm not looking to to bet any of those 1700 or above. I'm not gonna touch. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna touch McCaffrey. That's crazy. Right. Uh, Zeke is is right in that range. So is Saquon. I'm gonna stay away from those guys. Give me the younger guys. Give me the young boys. All Give right. me the young boy. Give me Miles Sanders. I love that one at fourteen ninety nine. Uh, and Bell's you. worth a look at thirteen fifty nine too. I, I I can get behind that. I, I think that's a low number with a with an improved offensive line, a healthy Sam Darnold, the ability to have build chemistry, and the fact that the receiving yards are included. Le'Veon Bell over. 1,359 and a half yards, I think is a very intriguing bet. When we come back, it'll be hour number two of in-game live. Yesterday, we looked at a bunch of college football conferences and their win totals, giving, uh, getting Jared's idea on maybe some places to fade, some places to steam. We'll come back. We'll look at some other conferences. It is in-game live. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. If you want the edge, stay on the grid. Come on back after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.